Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today we are flashing back to episode number 123 with Cutco Vector's Southern Tide Division Manager, Brian Stevenson. After a period of uncertainty in his career, Brian truly leveraged the impact of the leaders in his life to establish a compelling vision for himself and for his team. By enrolling many others in this vision, Brian has been able to become one of the most prolific developers of talent in the company today, responsible for over $39 million in sales and a member of the Cutco Vector Hall of Fame. In this short snippet, Brian starts by describing some of his earliest challenges as a district manager and two moments that altered the course of his early career. He goes on to describe how he built a talented, strong, and committed inner circle on his Birmingham team and throughout his division. He details the ways in which he has defined and built the culture in his organization, and he offers specific insights and leadership philosophies that can help any business leader to scale out their inner circle. Whenever you get value from a CLSK episode, please share it with others and consider supporting one of our sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. You'll find deals there for Organifi, something I use all the time, as well as Brain Fuel and Good Weather Wine, which were founded and run by Cutco Vector alums. To hear more from Brian Stevenson, including the impact of another Cutco Hall of Famer on his life, I'm talking about his wife, Elizabeth, you can revisit our full conversation at episode number 123. I know that your career has traveled along a relatively interesting path, that it, it hasn't just been this straight upward line of success, and you've gone through periods of uncertainty. And I would love to hear a little bit about when you feel like we're was a period of the greatest uncertainty for you and how you were able to move past that to the success you're having now? When I first went out as a manager, I had success early on as a new manager and relative to other new managers. We were the number five new office in the region my first uh, eight months. And through just things that I had learned as an assistant manager in my office with Mark, prepared me to have that success. But I didn't really understand how to be a business owner. I really didn't understand how to spin all the plates and really scale the business. I remember going to SLC or SLC conference in uh, 2012 and I was done. I was going to quit. But I didn't really take the first two days serious. And I remember the third day I slept in and I said, you know, out of respect for the company, I need to go down there and show face. You know, if I'm leaving, I want to I do it right. They've been great to me. And I remember walking in and Earl Kelly was given a wrap up and you probably remember this, Dan. It was the uh, SLC where it was really 
centered around personal development. John Maxwell, a lot of people were doing the John Maxwell seminars. And Earl, you know, it felt like he was looking right at me. Of course, he wasn't because when you're on stage, you can't even see past the first row. And I'm in the back left corner, you know, sneaking in. But, you know, it looks like he was just laser eyes looking at me. And he's like, if you can't succeed in Vector, how are you going to succeed somewhere else when we have all the tools you need? to do well here. If you're struggling mm-hmm. in any part of the business, you can pick up the phone and call a handful of people that will be more than willing to help find the answers, find the solutions. And he said, in my experience, what I've found is that people leave thinking the grass is going to be greener on the other side. And then what happens is the reason they weren't successful in the first place was because of their habits. And they take the same bad habits somewhere else. And then they have, you know, they don't have success there either. A lot of times they even do worse somewhere else. And then it's really a confidence killer. And I just remember going home and telling Liz, like, I can't leave. I got to make this right because I go somewhere else and I don't do well. Like, man, that could be really bad. So I remember calling Lloyd and going, look, we need to have a call every week. And just really wrapping my arms around Mark, really wrapping my arms around Lloyd. And this was October of 2012. So it didn't change in November. It didn't change in December, right? It wasn't an overnight change, which nothing ever is, right? But uh remember having a conversation with Lloyd going, man, the biggest thing that I'm struggling with, Lloyd, is you know, when, whenever Thanksgiving comes around or Christmas or a wedding or time with friends, I feel like I'm having to choose, do I have to stay here to make sure my business doesn't fall apart? Or can I go and enjoy time with friends and family? And you know, he started talking to me about our assistant manager program. And he said, you know, Brian, you got to get more people around you that can help. Kind of like our family, you know, there's seven of us. You know, so anytime we get ready to do the dishes and clean up the kitchen, we get all seven, me and Tim, get all seven of us involved. And I mean, it's done in no time. And that's where the 7 a.m. program was born. Wow. And I was like the guinea pig for that, right? And sure enough, you know, he helped me line up my 7 a.m.s for the next summer. And uh, we went from in the summer 2012 in the same office, same territory, selling $132,000 on like 80-something recruits to the next summer recruiting almost 300 people and selling over a half a million dollars and being the number one district manager in our region. And uh, two years later, promoting to DVM. It was such a confidence booster at the end of that summer knowing, man, I didn't work any harder. I wasn't at the office more this summer than last summer. I didn't work harder this summer than last summer. I just did the little things right. And I followed the programs that work. And that was such a big big moment for my career. And then obviously surrounding myself with a good staff, not only helped us do better, made the business so much more fun. And right. uh, we haven't had 7 AMs. We haven't had less than 7 AMs in our office, in an office that I oversee at any point, in any time, in any campaign since that summer of 2013. Yeah. Surrounding yourself with people that were part of your staff that could help with the vision and the goals became a big key to your progress. And for anybody who's a new district manager, if you're running a business by yourself, it sucks. But when you have that team around you, it really makes a big difference. One week, one month, one campaign can change your career. So you're in the right place. And to think about maybe going elsewhere at a time of such uncertainty, I would really challenge that line of thinking. Look at your circle of influence. Who are you talking to on a daily basis? You know, when I start changing my circle of influence and I started talking to people that were champions in the business, my results changed. My 
thinking changed. I thought bigger about what was possible. And what was really cool about that, not only did that change my business for the better, but I built really strong relationships with people in the business like Brian Herlman and Evan Keller and Drew Frank. And then the last thing is wrap your arms around your DVM. If you're obviously a branch manager, district manager, and your RM, they are committed to your success more so than you believe sometimes. And uh, if you wrap your arms around them, they're going to they're gonna take you where you want to be. I mean, not only did my success in the business go up when I wrapped my arms around my division manager and, and Lloyd, I became a better significant other and now husband. I became better with my finances. I became better uh, with personal habits. So it helped me become a better person, a better human, which obviously helped become a better manager as well. Yeah, that's all really great stuff to hear, Brian. You referenced the culture shift in your organization and the idea that it's the assistant managers that have a powerful impact, speaking it into existence, right? I would just love to hear about how that formed, how you built this positive culture and environment in your organization. Yeah, you know, just one last thing to hit on what we were talking about, uh, you know, with uncertainty. You know, I read this quote right when the pandemic started and it said, fear is contagious, but so is leadership. And that kind of hits on what you're leading into in this next question was that I knew that if I developed myself or, or surrounded myself with great leaders, that that was going to be contagious. And the culture that we wanted, that atmosphere that we wanted, the direction that we wanted to go in, they were going to move us in that direction much faster than I could ever do by myself. So when I was a district manager of that district manager, Mark Buller's division, you know, I, I remember when I was getting ready to get promoted to the division manager, he said, what, what do you want your division to be like? And I remember saying, I want it to be just like yours. <laughs> you know, I, I love our division. And he goes, I would advise you to, to make it your own, you know, maybe take some stuff that you like, but make it your own. And, you know, that really got me stimulated. I said, what do I want my division to be like? What do I really love the most about, you know, being in Vector? And I started thinking about uh, the life that Mark had. And, and I was like, I want a life like that. I want a family like that. I want to be able to provide for my family like that. But I also want to be able to impact people like he did me. You know, I think about Lloyd Reagan and Tammy and the influence they are, are over so many people, not just as, you know, in Cutco, but, uh, you know, being better parents and being, you know, uh, an example of a thriving marriage. And I remember the very first meeting we had, I painted this vision of, I want our organization to be a family. I want us to be in each other's weddings. I want us to raise kids together. I want us to travel the world together. I want us to buy homes together. I want us to build wealth together. And uh, that was something that, you know, kudos to them, they bought into from the get-go. And uh, those things are happening right now. I mean, we, we have people that are getting married and having kids and buying homes. And it's just so exciting to see you know, how our division and mainly Vector have been able to provide those things for them in their early 20s. And, uh, you know, not to say that they wouldn't have gotten married or had a home outside of Vector, but uh, but it definitely speeded that process up. You know, so it's just exciting to see the vehicle that we have for our people to, to go in that direction. Um, yeah. What do you feel like are other key elements of your leadership philosophy, Brian? 
well, I don't know if this, I'm sure you've heard this many a time, but, uh, you know, I've always heard that, uh, the way that you spell love is T I M E. So making sure that we're getting a lot of time with our people. So that way they know we care. But when we say we want to help you earn this letter of recommendation, so that way, uh, you know, it provides opportunities for dream internships and future job opportunities, or we want to help you pay your way through school, or we want to help you graduate debt-free. Are you really living that out? Are you really helping them build a better resume? Are you helping them type up their resume? Are you helping them network for those future internships and and jobs? Are you uh, making sure that they are on pace to graduate Debt free. So, are are you living out the things that you're saying to your to your people and, and getting the time with them to make sure those things are happening is uh, is very very important. Uh, next, I would just say vision and, and making sure that you're, we're always painting a vision of where we're headed. Uh, that's something that uh, I admire so much from Lloyd you know, is just how great he is at painting vision of where we're headed and where we're going and the role that they're going to play in it which would, I guess, bring me to my last point is giving them ownership. And, uh, you know, I always tell them, hey, guys, you know, my name's on the report, but this is our division. This is your division. And if we want to be a championship division, you know, it's gonna, that's going to happen because of you guys. And uh, when we come up with agendas and when we come up with, you know, innovative ideas, letting them have ownership and crafting those agendas and helping with conferences and being innovative in the things that we want to do moving forward. And I remember listening to a podcast that you did with Larry Manley and uh, something that stuck out is he said, you know, um, see people for what they can be. And mm. that's something that I really love about our organization is we really do see people for what they can be. So a big mission of ours is to continue surrounding ourselves with people like that, leaders like that. You know, we, we have a big responsibility with what we do, Dan. I mean, what we do, obviously, you know this, we've been doing this for years, but it has a ripple effect. And the people that we work with and lead, they're the future of our country and communities. And these are people who are going to, you know, be probably teaching my, my daughter and working with my daughter. And I want to have some type of responsibility knowing that uh, we impacted their life for the better. We are an organization that creates positive change in people's lives and, and really in a time when they need it the most, like you, you said earlier, when they're 19, uh, when they're 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, we're teaching them things that many people don't realize and learn until they're in their late 20s or 30s. And sometimes they never learn, you know, but uh, you know, just helping people become the best uh, versions of themselves. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, You can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. If you click on the deals link on our podcast page, you'll see some tremendous offers from our podcast sponsors. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.